Welcome back to You Ask For It. If if you've been with us over the last couple of months now, we've been walking through the Apostles' Creed and teaching this Christian doctrine that the church has held on to for almost since its inception. Um, And we've worked our way through Jesus and, 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 and some other places, and now we've got to the suffering part of Jesus with the phrase that we're going to look at today of suffered under Pontius Pilate. Now, Next week, or I guess two weeks from now, we're going to be looking more specifically at how Jesus' death brought about our forgiveness of sins. But today we're going to focus just on these words, suffered under Pontius Pilate. Let's start with the first, I mean, well, the second half of that phrase, under Pontius Pilate. These words are actually very important. It might seem like it's just filler words, it's, 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 it's not essential, but these very words basically set Christianity apart from yep. every other religion. Right. This makes Christianity a historical religion. It doesn't just say that Jesus suffered, but it tells us when he suffered under Pontius Pilate. You can Pilate. look at Roman records and find it. Absolutely. And this means that Christianity is not just a philosophy. It's not a, just a set of rules like Buddhism or Islam. But this is a what we believe is from an exact event in time and a real person who died for us and who rose again. I think that's It's important. not the philosophy of Buddhism. It's a person, Jesus, Absolutely. who lived historically that we put our faith in. Yes. Now, this word suffered, this word suffered is very important when we understand the Christian faith, um, but it's an interesting word that was written into the creed in those early days. You see, the early church, if you know, was mostly Jewish, especially the early leaders of the church. So with that, they had great understanding of the Old Testament, which means they also had great understanding of Isaiah 53, which is going to be a focus of our um, study tonight. But in Isaiah 53, we get probably the clearest picture of the suffering servant, of why Christ came, of, of what he went through while he was here. I'll give you a verse right quick. Isaiah 53, verse 3. Says he was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. Jesus is described right here as a man of suffering. Now, I do want to say this because we're going to focus on how he did suffer. He's called a man of suffering. But his whole life wasn't just suffering. You know, he talked about the fact he said, I want you to have my joy living in you. And so I don't think he went around all the time, woe is me, hard life is hard. I think the Eeyore he, effect of things, yeah, right? effect. Yeah. I think he really enjoyed life. And one of the things I've been, been enjoying, I've just started season two, is the chosen. Uh, the picture of Jesus in the chosen is someone who just, you can see he loves life. and it's, You want to be around him because of the joy that he exudes. Um, Jesus didn't seek out suffering. In fact, in Hebrews 12, this is a, This is something we need to have as a balance when we talk about the fact that he had to suffer. It says, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It wasn't that he was saying, I just need to suffer more. He hated the moments that he was on the cross, but he did it because of what it accomplished. So... We don't need to go out there. There have been Christians in the past who thought that you were extra spiritual if you suffered more. In fact, in the early church, when I taught church history here, they actually had to declare that if you sought out martyrdom, that was the sin of suicide. Because there were some people who said, I'm going to be so holy, I'm going to get the Romans to kill me. Jesus said in the Gospels, if they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. We're not to go look for troubles. And can I give you one more insight from the Lord's Prayer? 
we, we pray, lead us not into temptation. Uh, the word temptation is the word parasmos, which can be translated either temptation or it could be translated trial. We have, uh, in James 1, it says, count it all joy when you encounter various trials. And so literally what we're praying when we pray the Lord's Prayer is, Lord, can I have a day without trials? <laughs> can you lead me in a path where I don't go through the rough time? Lord, I'd like to have a good year finally. And so we're even taught to pray that. So it's not that we look for suffering and join into some kind of asceticism. Now, if we move back to this understanding of suffering, I don't think we can talk about Jesus' suffering without looking at Isaiah chapter 53, um, most of this chapter, because I don't know if you know this, for our church, they've heard us talk about this, that Isaiah 53 is actually the only chapter in the Bible that's not allowed to be read in the synagogue, yeah. because you can't read this and not see Jesus, you know? It's too dangerous for them to have it read. It. Yes, you can't read this and not see the cross. And, and I just want to show you this, and I'll tell you this. I don't know if you can read Isaiah 53 and not be just overcome mm. by the emotion of what it is that Jesus has done for us, right. of what he went through, whether that is, we'll talk about this, the physical suffering, the emotional suffering, the, the spiritual suffering. You see all of that represented right here, which we'll talk about more in a minute. Isaiah chapter 53, you'll start in verse 3 says that he was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. Yet he himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion crushed because of our iniquities. The punishment for our peace was on him and we are healed by his wounds. That little portion right there shows us both his, the physical and the spiritual suffering that he went through. It says that he bore our sickness. He, he bore our pain. He bore our sins. But then also it shows the physical nature of it. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. And then in verse 6, it gives us a great picture of ourselves. We all went astray like sheep. We all turn, have turned our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open up his mouth. Like a lamb led to slaughter, and like a sheep silent before her shearers, he did not open up his mouth. We see that Jesus suffered. <laughs> I mean, he suffered in many ways. As you know this, if you read the Gospels, what you see, one way that he suffered is that he was rejected by his people, was he not? He was rejected by his people. He was forsaken by his friends, uh, left alone by his disciples. We see Judas. Judas, one of the disciples, the one who was in charge of the money, which means he was one that was trusted, was the very one that while they were in the garden, I mean, while they were in the garden, came up and kissed him on the cheek to show that he was actually Jesus. And I wonder how much of our suffering is caused by people. Mm. Oh, absolutely. You know, being done wrong. Yeah. Being disappointed by people. He went through that. He suffered because of the disappointment with people. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you have the disciples falling asleep on him in Gethsemane. You got them, even after he's arrested, running away in fear. And then yeah. Peter, who said, I will never leave you, Lord. <laughs> a teenage girl around a fire causes him to say he doesn't even know who Jesus is. Yeah. That's hard. I mean, if we ever have said, if we have been 
left alone and rejected by people. Just imagine how it felt for Jesus mm. in this moment. He's been through it. He's Absolutely. Been through it. And even depression. In Gethsemane, in Mark 14, it says this. He said to them, I'm deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake. And that's when he prayed, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass. But did you hear that? He said, I don't know if I'm going to make it to get to the cross tomorrow. I'm so low emotionally. So he suffered emotionally. With kind of going along with the point I just represented is, is that the one way he suffered is he was lied about. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you look at the trials that Jesus was held for, it was a sham. None of it was true. You couldn't was, even get the witnesses to agree. No, no, it was all made up. And what's also crazy about this is Pilate declared him not guilty three times mm-hmm. and still pushed him towards yeah. and, and, and then still sentenced him to crucifixion. And here's what I think that, I mean, some of you have maybe felt this before. Maybe you had someone that was close or someone that you thought you trusted. And then they spread lies about you. And now here's what's hard about this. It doesn't matter if it's false. And it doesn't matter if you get a couple people to try to convince you, to conv- if you can convince them that they're wrong. What happens is they've already crucified you. Yeah. And so Jesus right here, think of the suffering he went through of the lies, the killing of his character right here that yeah. was put there as he goes so on the cross. Look all, look all these experience for us in suffering. Yes. But then you add the obvious, nails in his hands. The tug of war for six hours where he has to press on the nails on his feet so he could breathe until he couldn't breathe anymore and then he has to hang on the nails. uh, Can you imagine the excruciating pain there? But not only the physical pain, he went through a pain that nobody else has ever experienced. It says the sky turned absolutely dark and he had a cry that I believe cut to the soul and made everybody shiver when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He underwent spiritual suffering like none of us have gone through. So he is the man of sorrows. He is the man of suffering. Now, what we've referenced in here is, one, because of his suffering, he can empathize with our suffering. Which is, I mean, think of the gift that that is that we get in Jesus. But also, in his suffering, he set an example for us on how we can face suffering. 1 Peter chapter 2 um, Peter, the very one who left Jesus, you know, or, or who denied him, later on writes a book about, and in this talks about suffering. And here's what he says in 1 Peter 2. For you were called to this because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. So in this, we get this incredible example of how we should, how we suffer, right? You know, when suffering comes our way, how do we respond? What do we learn? Jesus, there was no deceit found in him. He didn't spread lies in return. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered and when he was threatened, he didn't threat or swing in return, no. He entrusted all that to the God who, who is the one who ju- judges over things. Now, here's why this matters. We live in a world in which Jesus said that we will experience yeah, suffering. That's right. So this right here, we, we need to be prepared for this because Jesus said we're going to experience this. Mm-hmm. And, so, and I think great testimonies have happened when people have ex- suffered for Jesus the way that he suffered for us. Richard Wormbrand was a, a pastor who suffered under communism in Romania, spent 14 years in communist prisons. He wrote a book that will just break your heart called Tortured for Christ, all that he went through. But he tells a story. He said that one of the heroes of the Romanian underground church was a young woman 
who became a Christian, and there's no such thing as a lukewarm Christian. It's too dangerous to become a Christian. So she started living for Christ. The word got out to the secret police, the Securitate, and they decided they were going to arrest her, but they wanted to make it hurt most. So they waited until her wedding day. And when she was walking down the aisle in her dress, all of a sudden the secret police came out. They grabbed her. They arrested her because she was a Christian. They put handcuffs, and Wormbrand said the handcuffs they would put on you had jagged places on the inside. So when they put you in freezing cells and you began to shiver, it would cut your wrists. So they put these handcuffs on her. They took her down, put her through a sham trial. They sentenced her to seven years for the crime of being a Christian. Now, you've got to understand, that's not seven years in prison. Anything a sadistic man could do to a woman would be done to her. But Warnbrand said in the courtroom, they watched her after she'd been sentenced. She took the handcuffs and she kissed them and said, thank you, Jesus, for the privilege of suffering for you. Said seven years later, when she was released, a group of Christians were there to wait at the gate to welcome her back out of the prison. And even though she was a young woman, when she came out, her hair was absolutely white just because of the suffering that she'd gone through. No telling what horrors she'd been through. They could see that she'd been broken. They could see all the, you could see that she'd been mistreated. But as they were about to release her, she held them off, reached up, took the handcuffs and kissed them and said, thank you, Jesus, for the privilege of having suffered for you. So yes, we have a man of sorrows who is our savior, but he left us an example that we ought to be able to walk in his steps, which is what 1 Peter 2 said, that we should walk in his steps. I'm going to close with... Yeah, go ahead. You close. I'm going to close with a song. One of my favorite old hymns, and I'm going to just say the words, not sing it, but it it captures that spirit of the fact that Jesus suffered for us. Man of sorrows, what a name. For the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Bearing shame and scoffing rude, in my place condemned he stood, but he sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Lifted up was he to die. It is finished was his cry. Now in heaven exalted high. Hallelujah. What a Savior. And when he comes, our glorious King, all his ransomed home to bring, then anew this song we'll sing. Hallelujah. What a Savior. I think we ought to pray to him now, don't you? Won't you leave Absolutely. We're going to end the podcast today just in prayer and thanking God for the fact that he suffered for us. God, we thank you. God, we all like sheep had gone astray. We had chosen our own way. We, we deserved separation from you forever. Oh, but God, you loved us more than we could ever understand. You sent your son Jesus to come here and live the life that we can never live. To die the death that we deserve. To face the the wrath, the, the pain, the suffering. So that your blood might wash us clean. And then God, you raised your son from the dead. So that in his resurrection, God, we could receive resurrection as well. We stand here today, God, saying, hallelujah, what a Savior. Amen. And we look forward to the day when we sing that face-to-face with that very Savior.
We thank you, God. You know, when, if you've gone to tourist places, you go to the Grand Canyon, you've got to stop and look at the Grand Canyon and you, your mouth is open. When you go to a museum, I went to the uh, museum in Amsterdam and saw a Rembrandt. That was pretty impressive looking at a Rembrandt. But you know what's going to be the most impressive sight in heaven? The nail scars that are still in his hands. I think there'll be a line. Just wait. Wait in line so we can get up there and we can see those nail scars for ourselves. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us this week as we've walked through just another part of the Apostles' Creed. I hope it was beneficial for you. I hope it was worshipful for you as we got to um, experience the suffering of our Savior. Um, keep, keep connected with us because in two weeks, we're going to talk about how that suffering brought about forgiveness for us. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon.